0: Right in center on 1290CJBK. We welcome to the program Robert Metz. It's nice to have Bob with us. Good morning, Jim. And Sandra Mcnee, who has been a guest before, but uh, not for some time. And it's very nice to have you back with us again. Thank you,
1: Jim. It's nice to be here.
0: I had uh, an interesting experience this morning. I was uh, going through the, the, uh, the press releases and so on on the budget, the Ontario budget, and I noted, and I will say I noted with a little disparagement as we had the uh, radio and the television on and a number of people were were um, commenting this and that about the budget. And one of the comments that was made by a couple of people was, well, it doesn't do anything for social housing. It doesn't do much for the underprivileged in our community. And I made some snide comment about, about, uh, you know, hearing the mantra again that uh, social housing was shortchanged. And my wife pulled me up short and said, you know, if you were dealing living in the universe where the people who are making those comments live, you might feel a little differently. If you were interacting on a daily basis with the people with whom they're interacting, you might look at this a little differently. And I thought, you know, she's absolutely right. And it occurred to me that today would be an excellent opportunity, given my two guests in here, perhaps to take a a look at this particular issue in the light of the budget, in the light of the concerns that some people have, and in in the light of the fact that I know my guests... uh, have somewhat differing views on this issue. If we, when we talk about social housing, I think it's, there are, there's a lot of baggage that goes along with that. There's a lot of political baggage. There's a lot of, uh, of uh, philosophical uh, baggage that goes along with it. But I think bottom line for most people, if we hear the term social housing, we're thinking of, of housing that's providing uh, a place to live for people who are disadvantaged economically in some fashion and the government, in some fashion, is uh, reaching out to these individuals and, and helping them, whether it's whether the government's built the places and are renting them out, or whether they're subsidizing rents, whatever the case may be. That that, I think that's kind of the general perception that people have. There's also an argument that's made quite regularly, that there's no need for the government to do that. If the government would just get out of the way of, of free enterprise and let free enterprise do what it does, that there'd be no need for government intervention or government uh, um, underwriting of social housing, that the, that the free market would build all the units that are needed because that's what free markets do. They respond to a need and, uh, and they provide the, a product that, will, uh, that is suitable to, the, to meeting that need. If you look around this province, I think there's certainly some evidence that it hasn't worked that uh, there's very little new construction of what we would call appropriate housing for lower income people in this province. And the builders I know are pretty candid about saying, why would I build something like that? I can make a whole lot more money, better return on my money by building something more upscale. Bob, I wanna start with you this morning. Um, The argument that the market will deliver whatever the marketplace needs, is it always true? And is it true in this case, in your mind?
2: No, not what the market may need or perceived to need, but certainly what the market demands, which is an economic term. Because when you say that a demand exists for something, it means there's more than just a need. The money's there to satisfy it. Mm -hmm. So that when when a company goes into a product offer a service, they want to make sure there's a demand there. Not just people saying, gee, I'd like to have this, but Mm -hmm. people actually willing to get their money out and spend it on that. And whether we like it or not, housing is no different than any other commodity in, in an economic society, and its value is based on supply and demand. You're going to find housing much more expensive in, in uh, very dense urban areas than you are in, in less populated areas. I had a fr- friend in town last weekend who, who was from Toronto who thought, who could call the, the housing market in London depressed. They think of it as depressed. I'm thinking, no, I think we're getting a good <laughs> deal because housing here is a lot cheaper than it is where you live. Mm-hmm. But they call that depression. And so. It all depends on how you look at it. And I know I've had a personal experience. I, try, I actually built a house privately once on my own. And if what I had to go through is any indication of what the average developer has to deal with in terms of, of property taxes, development fees, regulations, having to fulfill this and that, I would say the taxes and regulations on the house I built comprised a good 30 to 40 percent of the price. hmm and so, if, to me, if you want to get cheaper housing, get rid of most of that stuff, because it was not needed. It was absolutely wasteful regulation. I lived this personally for many <laughs> years and paid thousands of dollars out of my pocket to live in a house. You see, now now I'm divorced. I'm living single again. And I live in an apartment now as cheaply as just what my utilities and the taxes cost in the house. And I have all the same amenities that I had in my home. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking myself, well, what's going on here? Where's the real problem with housing, you know? It's mostly, I, th- I would say, the single biggest cost of housing is government cost.
0: Sandra, I know that you work in, in uh, uh, at least as, as, as part of what you do, is working with people who find themselves uh, disadvantaged. Some, some, not everybody you work with, but some of them. Yes. And this issue of social housing is a, a personal one for you, I know how do we meet the needs of these people if if the if the market the open marketplace is not going to respond because as bob says the demand the dollars aren't there we've been through a period in this province where where both the, both the feds and the provincial government put literally billions of dollars into building a variety of socialized housing and sub, uh, subsidized housing units didn't seem to have solved the problem at all from your perspective what should we be doing now
1: mhm Bob talks about a society that's based on economics, and and I talk about a society that is based on fairness and justice, and uh, how my neighbor is treated. Uh, I want him or her to be treated the way I myself am, and, and my own family. So I see um, Canada, Ontario, as a place where we need to care for people, not just be looking for profit motivation. So. When I think of the word social housing, I think of every human being that I meet on the streets of London deserves an adequate place to live. And I know that I know that, that doesn't exist. Um, you mentioned uh, social housing, if we leave it to the uh, private developer, I, they did, and uh, Mayor Lastman in Toronto is, is just this past week saying, there's nothing being built for low-income people. It's it's uh, been my privilege for the last 14 years to uh, to walk in an area of London in the northwest where people pay 30 percent of their income um, for their for their townhouse, and that seems fair. If you're low uh, income, to pay a 30 percent, then folks can handle it. In a stage in my life, Jim, and you may not know this, I lived in um, co-op housing. Mm-hmm. When I went back um, to study um, theology, um, there was a period of seven years where we um, paid 30% of our income and lived in a co-op housing where we had a mix of uh, university professors and, and uh, students like myself and uh, um, mechanics, and we all lived together cooperatively, and it worked. And it worked. I saw it as, a, as an experiment in Ontario that worked. When I uh, talk to folks who manage um, public housing here in London, and that's, a, that's something else to talk about because there's still the, the scare of the down uh, shift to the city and the possible sale, um, they tell me there's something like twenty, four hundred people waiting to get into into so-called social housing. Sometimes social housing gets labeled as uh, low rentals. It's not if you're paying thirty percent of your income. I, uh, others that work more closely in the downtown area, my colleagues, uh, talk about um, people who are profit motivated providing dreadful housing for um, single individuals who can't afford. Um
2: it's not in the bib. In my experience, been completely the opposite. Uh, I can tell you, in the building that I'm in, which is totally profit motivated, run by a corporation. Um it's always clean, it's cheap, it's maintained well, the garbage is taken out, it's, mm-hmm. it's, the grounds are kept beautiful, and I can't think of a place you could live more cheaply and, and still have all the amenities that you would have in any kind of home. Um,
1: but is know. it more than $375? I'm not going to ask you to pay for your rent. Yes. Okay, if you are on social assistance or disability pension, about $520 $600 is your monthly income, period. To find any place around 350, 375 is not what you're uh, not what you're describing. It'll be in the basement. It'll be a back door that isn't locked. Um, it will um, have perhaps hydro tacked on. I think maybe so I, should take, asking, I should so take. So what you're asking, what's wrong with those lock.
2: places? I've I've lived in I places should, like that, and I know people I who do. And
1: uh, you don't. Is your it's door not,
2: locked? Hmm? Is your door locked? Yeah. At okay. night.
1: Would you sleep as
2: well if it wasn't? I I, I don't worry about things like that. And I live on the ground floor. I've always lived on the ground floor. Um, But that's not even an issue. I don't know. know, you're, You're contrasting fairness and justice versus economics. And I'm suggesting that economics is based on fairness and justice. And, Why and, aren't
1: the and developers in Toronto building housing that
2: people... Because the for? government has regulated them out of the housing for the poor business. I know this from personal experience. Again, I got involved with a local landlord who was providing housing for poor people at half the rent that the uh, co-op housing is giving it to them for. And the co-op housing people try to take it over. It happened to Elia here in London. Another fellow in Sarnia, Andrew Falby, developer, mm-hmm. was run out of business. These guys are living in the very conditions... That you just described, I in terms of what is unacceptable in poverty housing, and these are the the developers and the people who once provided housing of much better quality than what you're talking about, who've now been driven out of the business and are and are living like
1: that. You can't call those houses uh, that Mr. Elif owned as quality housing. I saw windows so mildewed the glass was about to fall out. I saw bathtubs with the tiles from the ceiling and the sides about to fall in.
2: Listen, I, I got news for you. The, the new person that owns those buildings has, has put half a million dollars into them. Into them. Up, he supports Mr. Elias in, in in his cause. And the issue is that not much has changed. It's still very cheap and expensive housing for people who, who need it. And private developers would be more than willing to offer it if, if there weren't all these it, you know, things in their way, and if the government wasn't constantly competing with them.
0: What kind and, of things and, are in their way, though?
2: Well, the fact that the government offers, anytime time you, you have a government paying for co-op housing, or paying for any kind of government-provided housing, that takes every, all the impetus away from the private market. You can't compete with the government, so you're not even going to try. You're going to go for the more upscale housing, where people still pay their own way, and where you can actually work on a market that you can depend on. So, so and and... There are ways that even we as individuals could be able to help the housing issue more, but we have so many zoning regulations, from everything from banning granny flats to to specific use in certain areas all the time where you could open it up. i mean this this is this is an area that alone would be worth a doing a whole left, well, right, I'm and center on.
1: Always look for uh, something we could agree on, and Granny Flats would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were a wonderful idea, and I was real sorry that, that we turned that down in the City of London. I
2: agree. Um, yeah. Well, hooray. Did you well, know that's We agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there, there's more than just, the government solution is always, you know, just throw more money at it and spend more, and then be surprised at the fact that you're getting bigger waiting that's, lines that to get happening. into social that isn't
1: housing. That is happening, Bob, because you just since Mr. That when Mr. Harris came in, he, he cut back all funding to uh, co-op housing. Done. No more.
2: As well he should. It was oh. a very corrupt system. Oh, my
0: dear. <laughs> well, there were, there were a lot of the studies that it, were done. It was and remember we talked s- about Remember, we talked about it, about, it. about it here, and I think maybe Marian Boyd might even have been here at one of those times when we, we took a look at the actual per-unit cost of, some, mm, of this, okay. some of this housing. Sorry. It was very expensive uh-huh. compared to other approaches we might have taken.
1: Expensive versus corrupt, okay. Yeah. Um, now the waiting lists are longer for any any affordable spaces. If, I, if I'm Mr. sorry, Harris I think you misunderstood
2: right. what I meant by corrupt. Okay. I didn't mean like dishonest people oh, okay. and, and that kind I of thing. Understand. I always mean economically corrupt. Oh. It's not working on that fairness and justice system. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not... The economics means making the best use of the resources you have. That's what mm-hmm. economics is all about. And government is the worst way to use our resources because it's wasteful whether they're in the space program or whether they're in social housing. It's the worst way to do something. And that's just a universal principle because if you don't have to earn your money, if you can just get it from taxing people, then there is no incentive whatsoever to provide all these quality products that we keep talking about. Why do you need to do that?
1: How can we we then, as people in Ontario, encourage the private developer to build housing that is affordable for people who earn under thirty thousand
2: leave leave the private developers alone get get rid of the government regulations lower property taxes um, get rid of some of those b- building fees. Get rid of rent controls. Get rid of a lot of the zoning issues well, that you rent have. Rent
1: controls are gone uh, in Ontario. They were gone a number of well, years ago. Well, they should ago. be
2: totally gone, even in the even in the. There's still remnants of rent control there.
1: If we're going um, to maintain education, if we're going to maintain roads, if we're going to maintain things in a city, I think people from City Hall would probably be saying we can't lower property taxes. Um, Roads are,
2: roads are a legitimate thing to put on a property because the road service we is a property. But we it's, it's a, such a small part of the budget compared to education, which is half of it, which should not be on property tax at all.
1: Oh.
2: Um, that should be funded you know, entirely differently.
1: Well, I don't know how else we fund education unless all every member of society helps with it.
2: If you insist that government and fund education, then at least it should be done at the provincial level.
1: Do it on income taxes.
0: Why, income? why, why yeah. property taxes instead of income taxes? Mm -hmm. What about the little old lady who used to live next door to me who had a minimal, finally left her house, had a minimal pension income, had lived in this house for 45 years, couldn't stay there anymore because of the size of the house, the size of the frontage. Government said she owed all this extra tax, and for what? She didn't get any more services than the fellow two doors down and had a little Ontario cottage. She got no more service from the city. The only difference was she had twice as much frontage.
2: The average property owner today is finding their taxes going up and the service going down. You can really see that in the in the visible services, like garbage collection mm-hmm. and the things they won't pick up anymore and the mm-hmm. things they're telling you to do. And, uh, you know, it's really funny because they used to have curb pickup of, of lawn clippings and things like that, which they've stopped now in mm-hmm. many areas. Now, I go to my mom's... Uh, place every week which is sort of a zero lot line with a big lot lawn there and i have to take the grass clippings put them in my car drive them over to my daughter's place <laughs> and dump them there and i'm thinking is this more efficient than the city coming by and picking this mm-hmm. up it's like more efficient more, for the city yeah it's more but they're still charging us for the mm-hmm. service you see and but we're doing the service now
0: let's go to the phones now we have uh sander and bob metz with us this morning on left right and center and jim joins us hi jim hi
3: uh jim yeah um uh i just came in very late, just a couple of minutes ago uh, in time to hear them uh, talking about social housing yep. and co-op. Yep. I happen to be the president of a co-op. I'm mm-hmm. uh, at uh, the Phoenix Housing Co-op on Huron Street. Mm-hmm. Um, our market rent rate right at the present time is 575 a month. Yeah. Plus utilities for a complete three-bedroom unit. Mm-hmm. Um, we are full and working on a waiting list, but um, the thing that uh, the point I wanted to make is that uh, he was saying government subsidies and so on. We get a little bit of government subsidy in order to help out some of the very low income um, uh, social assistance mothers, etc., that uh, we have here. We're limited to about eight units at the present time. Yeah. And uh, that's the only government uh, subsidy that we get. Uh, we do get assistance through CMHD with our mortgage. They happened to shop around for us and and came up with a very good rate, which we were able to lock in for five years. Uh, Whether we'll be that lucky again when that is up or not is is a uh, a dice roll, really. Um, We may have to go to uh, abandon their help and and go out shopping on our own for our next mortgage. We don't know until the the time comes. Mm -hmm. uh,
2: Do you you regard the Phoenix co-op as a government-run co-op or as a private co-op, in your own mind?
3: We are a non-profit organization. Uh, We are under the auspices of the federal government, thank God, because that way we didn't get downloaded. Um, We managed to maintain our our status as a um, a uh, federal-supported co-op, but I'm just saying the amount of money that we get in support goes totally to the few subsidized units that we have in a 60-unit co-op. So um, other than that, uh, we get some assistance with the mortgage, and we get some, because we're all a bunch of amateurs at this job, Mm -hmm. we get some assistance from CMHC with managing uh, what money we do have. We have to maintain a reserve fund with them for uh, capital expenditures and so on. And uh, they more or less guide us along in that. We have to um, ask permission to use that money once it's in their hands. And they take a good hard look at at what we're proposing. And if it's an outlandish project, well, then they say, no, you better go back and rethink this whole thing. But if it's a reasonable upgrade to the the property, uh, they're quite willing to say, yes, go ahead, Uh, we'll release the funds to you and so on. But uh, this is assistance in management. This is not assistance in somebody coming along and handing you out bucks in order to do these things. Mm-hmm. It's our own money mm-hmm. that we put into these reserve funds in order to do this. Mm-hmm. We work on a nonprofit basis and we have been very successful now for 16 years. As I say, we're full. Uh, all of our units are full. We have a little bit of a waiting list and everyone seems quite happy and content with the way things are run here. At the same time, um, Uh, I have at least one doctor living in here. I have uh, had, over the course of the last few years, um, some university professors. Um, I have um, quite a number of uh, well-educated people and and working more or less in a management position with a fair income. But they find the community living aspect of this and the fact that uh, they're not digging into their second or third last cent in order to pay the housing charge is a very plus thing. You know, they have money then for other things. Um, Unfortunately, we're not all in that position. We have quite a few retired folks living in here now. And um, I had an idea a few years ago. We have a pretty nice piece of property here. Uh, I wanted to put up some granny flats a few years ago under Bob Ray's government. uh, That would have been possible as soon as Mr. Harris came in. That was... (laughs) absolutely out of the question. Just forget the whole idea, we're not going to do it. So, you know, it is the government's responsibility to at least give us a playing field that we can get out and do uh, do something with. Get, get some more co-ops going. There is a big need. This was brought to everybody's attention uh, in the last couple of weeks when all of the mayors from across Canada, major city mayors, were here in London, and that was their priority. We have to have government assistance to get affordable housing for the people that we have that are economically disadvantaged, the people that are sleeping under bridges, the people that that uh, find they no longer can meet the market rents in this in this country, and have to have some kind of assistance in order uh, to get uh, into decent housing with their children. Um, I find this this whole discussion about uh, leave the market wide open for the private sector uh, kind of ridiculous because the private sector is not going to address the needs of these people. Just plain and simple. If you're out there for profit, you're going to make a profit.
0: But who's who's addressed your needs? Your, Your own people have.
3: Our own people, yes. So
0: what's to prevent other organizations, other groups, from banding together to do that? What do they well, need to do that? Right
3: now, what the problem is, <clears throat> when Mr. Harris came into power, there were several co-ops, some on paper, some had actually dug holes in the ground and started construction. The whole mess of them were canceled. Period.
0: Well, canceled he by canceled whom?
3: Projects that were in the buildings.
0: But can- canceled by whom? If, if, by if, the
3: Harris government. No,
0: no, but I don't understand. If if you're self-sufficient, as you've just spent five minutes telling us, yes. and that you folks own your own building and you pay your own rents and you do, and there's a few subsidized units in there. Uh huh. Well, what's the Harris government got to do with building more?
3: The Harris government. You you have to have some kind of government assistance to get started. What kind? Uh, they have to at least make it. Uh, you know, maybe some funds available for you to get started, make arrangements. Uh, like I said, Jim, we're all amateurs at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're not building contractors. We're not uh, uh, real estate agents. We're not anything of that nature. We're just common, ordinary folks.
0: But there are some well-meaning and uh, good-hearted uh, builders and real estate agents out there. I'd have to think if this is as self-sufficient a process as you are telling us it is, uh-huh. that you'd be able to find people to do that. Right? Well, That's what I don't understand. We
3: haven't been able to... Uh, this is why the, the, the housing market is in the bad shape that it's in. There just isn't uh, the assistance out there to get started on these projects. Mm. Every time someone starts to try to get a co-op going, the government of, of Ontario, particularly now, steps in and says, no, we're not going to give you any assistance at all in that respect.
0: Jim, I'm afraid we've run out of time for this portion of the program, okay. but I do thank you for your input.
3: You're quite welcome.
0: Good to have you with us. And we do have to pause. We've got some people waiting. We'll get to you as quickly as we can on the other side of the news. You're listening to Ask the Expert, not Ask the Experts, left, right, and center on 1290CJBK with Sandra McNee and Bob Metz. And we're talking about social housing or affordable housing, whatever kind of name you want to put on it. How do we ensure that the people in Ontario that need housing are getting it? Is there any way for us to ensure it? Or is it uh, devil take the hindmost? We'll continue our conversation with my guests after the latest news. And here's Tara with the news up. ...and Bob Metz joining us today. We've been talking about social housing, socialized housing, affordable housing, whatever the case may be. Uh, my question to both my guests today is, how do we ensure that Ontarians have a place to live? Which, you know, what do we do? Uh, having governments dump large sums of money into it doesn't seem to be entirely effective. Uh, at the same time, neither does the private sector it seem, seem to be very effective at meeting this particular need. What are we to do if we are concerned about our fellow Ontarians. That's the questions before us today. We go back to the phones today and John joins us. Hi, John.
4: Uh, good morning, Jim. Uh, you know, with respect to Bob Metz, every time I hear Uh-oh. that gentleman, I'm reminded of the old proverb, damn you, brother John, I care if not for your predicament, as I am adequately provided for.
0: Now here's a man, though, that lives in a very uh, in a very low-rent uh, area of town and uh, lives in Northwest a very- West uh, End of the City? Pardon me?
4: Northwest end of the city?
0: Well, I don't think it not matters me. what area he lives in.
4: Well, of course it does. No. You pay according to where you live.
0: Well, John, you're throwing stones at a guy
2: on this.
4: I'm not throwing stones. No. I'm expressing...
2: Well, I opinions. probably have a lower income than most of the social advocates but the bottom that, I, line, that
4: I debate. Gentlemen, <laughs> the bottom line, gentlemen, is this: that governments are formed and have been formed basically since about the 17th, 18th century to ensure, shall we say as far as the well-being of the population at large. And I would suggest to you, as far as this budget is concerned, that no consideration has been given to those people who are less fortunate than others. And to turn around and suggest that it's their fault that they're less fortunate, we can't always be doctors, we can't all be, you know, all all, all the high-tech positions and things like that that exist in the world today.
0: And yet, John, you, under a... The, the a system that has grown steadily more concerned about the welfare of the average individual. You live much better today than your grandfather lived under a similar system. Uh, You're much better off than your grandfather not, was.
4: Not whilst I was bringing up the family, my friend.
0: Well, I would dispute that, too. Well, I do if you had a chance you, to well, sit down and talk to your grandfather. It because such you a don't stray... know
4: the circumstances. But yeah. anyways, let's leave that argument aside. I agree that in general, in general the people are better off in general. Hello? Yeah? But if you look at the disparity between, how shall we say, those who have and those who have not, the gap is wider, Jim. It may be that we have a little bit more, but those over and above us have even more. All I'm suggesting is that the good fortune that people have should not be at the, exp- uh, how shall we say, at the misfortune of those who are not in a position, nor never will be in that position. Well, I don't think As far as social housing is that. concerned, you know I have great,
2: I have He's great saying knowledge. no one should ever try to provide housing for the poor, because if they do, they'll be doing it out of profit. Therefore, that's evil. Therefore, the only person who can ever provide housing for the poor is the government, and that's the circular argument that John's giving us here.
4: Yes, the government is responsible to ensure the wealth... Uh, well, the health. So wh- why why
2: why is the government better than say Mr people who gave you keep cheaper rents
4: sir, with the greatest of respect you keep talking about a free market you must be awfully naive to suggest that there's any such commodity there is no such thing that's as what? a free market the free well, market yes, is. is manipulated according to the politics of the day
2: well that part of the market therefore is not free and the thing that you just compared it to is the free market the but, free market when we talk about market value of housing yeah. that's what The market—that's what people freely are willing to pay.
4: Yeah, and the person who's willing to pay is the one who can pay more Uh, than the person who is willing to pay but can't pay more. That's absolutely true. And if I
2: wanted to make profit suppose that I am—I am a developer and I want to provide housing for poor people. Yeah. Okay. So, like, obviously, if I know that that person can't afford more than, say, three hundred and fifty or four hundred dollars a month, you're not going to build it. I'm not going to build a house that would cost me more than that. That doesn't make me evil.
4: No, 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 I agree with you. But that's not how
2: you're coming across. No, no.
4: But now here's the issue. Some people
2: can do it. Some people can offer that housing at a cheaper price. And then the government cuts them
5: off.
0: Well, John, we appreciate your call today. We do have some other people waiting. Thank you for being part of the program. And Rob's up. Hi, Rob.
5: Hi. um, Just... uh, First, a couple of comments about John's comments. First of all, his whole assumption that governments were set up to distribute wealth, as he claims, is, is totally false. Governments were set up in order to institute law and order so people could live uh, peacefully in a community together. Um, it's only in the last 30 or 40 years that governments have been involved in, in radical socialism, trying to, trying to uh, do exactly what John suggests, which is redistribute the wealth, which is, means robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um about the social housing housing issue oh and and also the difference usually I would like to point out to john and, and is usually the people that are wealthy and the people that aren 't there 's usually one big difference uh, in the two two types of people and and uh, you know usually the difference is the amount of work that they do um now you looking after the truly needy uh used to be um a volunteer uh Aspect of our society, and it uh, was very well provided for by you know religious institutions and charities and all that. But that's all been taken over by the government. Um, <clears throat> now it used to be a, 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 a crime to, uh, to to sleep on the streets, but the, they've they've changed that law now, so to allow people to do that. Um, but if, if helping the truly needy uh, w- was, you know, if the government did that and they, they restricted themselves to helping only the truly needy, then, uh, you know, the, it, it would be something that would might be worthwhile. But you heard the man from the cooperative uh, co-op unit say that he had professors in his buildings. Now, I know that professors at Western, not one of them makes under 80 grand a year. He also said that he had other uh, professional people living in his building. So, you know, here we have... Uh, Basically, what amounts to taxpayers subsidizing anyone who is slick enough, or sneaky enough, or cheap enough to take advantage of these of these low-cost housing units. Um, you know, the the, the um, uh, you know these people have have no moral qualms about living off the avails of other people's work, which is basically collected from the government through taxes. And I think that's shameful. Um, when the when the guy from community living was saying that uh, you know they needed help getting started he said that a couple of times. well you know the help he's talking about is that they want to pay, have taxpayers pay for the building and the construction of the building um, that's the that's how come they can afford to to give cheap rents in the first place. um The reason those places are a lot of them are inefficient is because the the people uh the, that are running those places are 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 uh, you know decisions made by committee and these people aren't using their own money they're they're playing with the rents that were given to them by by uh... by the people that built the building and they're just uh... looking after it but they, the reason uh... That those kind of buildings and and that whole uh, genre of thinking uh, about subsidized housing is because decisions aren't made because they make sense but because they're politically correct um, you know, I, I I saw in the paper this morning there was a. They said you know the haves uh, applaud the budget and the have-nots were complaining. So they showed a lady and her husband who were sitting there on their on their butts watching a nice big TV, uh, complaining that they were getting fifteen thousand dollars a year tax free and uh, from the government and it wasn't enough. Well. You know, for anybody else in the working world who, who gets off their butts and goes to work every day, they have to make $30,000 a year or thereabouts in order to take home 15000 after they pay all their taxes, including gas and, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all the, because the average person in Ontario makes 54% of their income and pays it to the government. That's the average. So, uh, you know, for an average working person, they would have to go out and earn seven hundred and fifty dollars a week in order to take home what these two people are complaining about is not enough money and you know seven hundred fifty dollars a week is almost eighteen dollars an hour is what these is what we're paying people to sit at home now is that right yeah
0: good point rob appreciate your call today
5: okay thank, thank
0: you, you. Sandra. you're shaking your head at what he's saying isn't, isn't there a grain of
1: truth in that well, I, don't, I can't. I could, got lost. I'm shaking my head because got lost in the numbers that he was um, numbers that he was using. Because I know people who live on fifteen thousand dollars a year, uh, the working poor, as well as people who receive some social assistance. If they have large families, they'll be getting mm-hmm. up to fifteen thousand. Um, that's uh, I don't know what he's saying about privilege there, because I see seen absolutely no privilege. And
0: well, I think his point I his see, point was that these people were complaining about yeah, something that a, yeah. that a, a working individual. To net the 15 grand that they're netting, would have to earn $30,000 a year just to net the 15. Yeah,
1: I hear, I hear him saying that. I wonder where. Um, I just know, caller, who, um, that there There's are many Rob, Rob um, many many people searching for housing who are working on minimum wage and and uh, off their behinds, contrary to what you're saying, um, on waiting lists um, for places that would be affordable. Um, I don't know if you're referring to the London Free Press, but the family that's uh, shown there, I've, I have a lot of compassion for, and I know that it's illness that keeps the uh, male head of the household um, from working, and that the uh, female head of the household does has been in many projects working. Um, so I don't want to see them in any way um, uh, insulted. Um, to go back to Jim's call at the beginning in the co-op housing, it's it, many of us would like to start a co-op if we could find a funder who will help us with the co- capital costs. And that's why government stepped in, to put up the money for the capital costs to establish it. And then people are sou- who live there are saddled sou- well, for how, many, how, many years How can for we ever mortgage.
2: expect the private market to compete then if the government's putting up the cost for things so the like The government
1: this. isn't. Bob uh, the or the capital. Hasn't sorry, been for four years hasn't been for two, well, and that's why recently they stopped, and, parks. and
2: that's a good thing. I don't think well, that's I why. Don't I don't
1: think it's a good thing if it, if homelessness has increased.
2: Look at it this way. I've always said that you know I always get suspicious of any government program that purports to help a per- particular group, and instead of helping that group, gets into business, either whether that's housing, Medicare, or whatever else, because to me. I'm in a privately run building, run by a corporation. A lot mm-hmm. of people in that building are subsidized by government. Some of them are on pensions, some of them are on, on disability. Uh, but they, they get their money individually from the government, from which they pay their rent. Do
1: you have some and objection to that? None. No. None. Uh, well,
2: I, that's, a, that's another issue. I'm just saying that if you're going to help people with housing, you don't go into the housing business. You leave that alone. What you do is you help the individual, and you ensure to the landlord that he's going to get his money. My father was in the landlord business once, and and I'm telling you, there's a lot of dishonest people getting money who got their money from the government and spent it on something else and didn't pay his rent. Historically,
1: an Ontario government got into putting up capital costs for public housing because the private sector wasn't, because there were people in need of homes. And the statistical work that's been done in Toronto shows that ho- homelessness just drastically increased well, as soon wh- what as happened rent controls was, went off and as soon as the plot I'll tell was you, pulled, the, the
2: worst housing crunch in the country was when Pierre Trudeau took the interest rates up to about 22%. Oh, yes. uh, that that is what hurt. And what happens is when no private market can offer you housing, if you can't afford a 22% interest rate at a certain point, I couldn't do it. Uh-huh. And I don't know why we would expect anybody else to do it. So t- sometimes the government thinks that, yeah, well, we should get in there and help, but ignoring the whole issue that they caused the 22% interest well, rate in the my first question, place. i would
0: come back to the original question, is if these things uh, work as well as Jim suggests they do, and he talks about a, a rate at 575 for a three-bedroom apartment, which sounds pretty reasonable. Um, if they are that effective, then I don't understand why the government needs to be involved at all. It's certainly there are sources of, mm-hmm. of capital available. If these things are viable uh, uh, business entities and they don't have to show great profits, all they have to do is be able to make the mortgage payments yeah, as far as the builder's concerned.
1: Yeah, they're not for profit. For um, but where do you find the money then, Jim, to put, to build the place in the beginning? I would love to live in a co-op. Let's just go hypothetical for Mm -hmm. a minute. Love to live in a co-op again. Where in private uh, funders would I go to find someone who will put up the money for a 70, 000, a 70 unit or thirty?
2: Anybody unit you call. could go to and convince them that you've got a group of people
5: who and you can show
2: and you can show them they all pay their rent and that yep. they have this income and that they can produce this amount yep. of money. There is no reason in the world why any private developer wouldn't jump at the chance if if it was if there was a profit to be made in it. Uh.
0: No, but for them, no. They, but let, let's but back but, up a minute. The profit for them. In most cases, and uh, uh, the profit, the sufficient profit is the amount of money they get paid to do the thing, yep. plus the interest on the mortgage. Well, Absolutely. I have to pay interest on my mortgage. Yes, so do I. Bob
2: did, you did. People who aren't un- entrepreneurs, they call their profit by a different name. They call it wages. It's the same thing. A wage and a profit are the same thing. If I'm in business, I don't make a wage. I make a profit. And yet people think I'm evil because I use that word. I mean, Karl Marx did a good number on North America, i got to tell you. We have defined what is our virtues and made them, uh, you know, vices, as as though profit were some kind of vice. A person who is making a profit has has a tremendous discipline and responsibility to the marketplace in order to maintain that profit. He has to offer prices low enough that people can afford what he's buying. He has to keep his costs in check so that he can continue to offer that at, at a low price. I mean, the constraints are unbelievable. You take those constraints off, you take away profit motive, like the government does, and then suddenly costs skyrocket. But the government gets to brag that it's not making a profit. Well, it might not make a profit, but it's spending ten times more than the private market would be making a little tiny profit.
0: People that are surprised, uh, supplying the government tend to make very tidy profits, mm-hmm. too. Let's go back to the phones where Barry's waiting. Hi, Barry.
6: Hi, how are you guys doing?
2: Good,
0: thanks.
6: That's good. Um, I, think, I think the one thing that um, the government, as well as um, wealthy people, have to really keep in mind is it behooves them to... Support the poor, the poor. Um, because that's where revolution comes from, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you if you if you um, take away um, affordable housing, and if you and if you take away, um, or if you keep minimum wages too low, where it's all of a sudden it's it's more uh, economically uh, um, appealing for them to just to sit back and do nothing and just collect welfare or whatever, you're actually doing your, yourself and everybody a disservice. And uh, I was just speaking with a a gentleman who was from Russia, um, on the weekend, anyways, and he was saying that you know, way back when, what they had was a system that you know wasn't the greatest in the world, but it worked. Everybody had a job, everybody did this, and they all worked together. Now they've they've adopted this uh, pseudo Western system of uh, capitalism and you know free market and that kind of thing, and all they've done is taken away the market. Uh, the monopoly on, uh, on the corruption. Before it was a government that was corrupt. Now it's like they've, they've broken it up into a zillion different people because there are no jobs. What do they have to do? Turn to crime, turn to this, that, and the other thing. So
2: I, I, think I, I agree with what you're saying there. I just correct the way you, it wasn't as though they just changed the system out of choice. you got to realize the system wasn't working. It collapsed. That's why it became what it is now.
6: Well, there, there's a, I think there's a lot of uh, international political um, forces in effect there that, that you and I probably aren't aware of.
0: Now I would take a certain amount of issue with that. I'm with Bob, and as somebody who studied that fairly carefully, what happened to their system was that it collapsed under its own weight, uh, and it collapsed into chaos, unfortunately, because, well, there, the, because there wasn't enough international... Input and international interference. At that time, the Western powers were very careful to stand back, to stay at arm's length. They wanted the Russians to solve this problem on their own. And at a time when, when the United States or Eastern or Western Europe might very well have intervened economically much more than they did, they chose not to.
6: Well, because because um, the West was actually considered um, an adversary. They were they were considered their enemy. Well, not at all. They, that were, they were they were forced to to dump money into let's say arms rather than. Into their
0: no, own they weren't forced to do that. That was a the choice they made, and that was the huh. choice that broke their economic camel's back.
6: But, you know, true th- enough. the night
2: before last, I saw a very depressing show, a documentary, on, on the U.S. helping the Soviet Union with their space program and the problems that they're having in the Soviet Union. And the biggest pro- it's just pouring money down the sink. I mean, the whole Mir space station was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, the problem in Russia is that there is no market economy, because a market economy is based on two principles, private property and contracts. And they cannot get the Russians to adhere to their contracts. They break them constantly. And unless there's an enforcement agency <laughs> that says you got to adhere to this contract, you are not going to have a market economy. It cannot get started. So you're going to have organized crime, chaos, and, and you know, private little fiefdoms. It couldn't. That's how society works in the absence of a, of a system of law. That's
0: exactly what we see over there. Barry, I have to leave it there, but I do thank you for your call. Fair enough. We're just about out of time this morning. Sandra, I want to ask you, what what do we do then? If, if uh, the government has said we're not going to do this, how can we, do we need to band together? Do we need groups of, of, of people to come forward? I mean, you, you mentioned earlier, you talked about us feeling that we had a responsibility for our neighbors. Well, if the government doesn't feel that responsibility or doesn't want to impose that responsibility for us, why then do we not see more organizations of people like you and me coming together? To help fund these kinds of things, why
1: is yeah, that? And that's that's the quandary, and it's been the quandary for me for the last uh, last few months. But we're not being uh, a- we're not being asked to do that. The government we? is we the people, and and it seems that the majority um, is happy with what's going on. And yet, there are many of us in this in this city who would want to help and want to have affordable housing. If yeah. we're just choosing that, well, why check- don't you issue do that tonight? I wonder that? if there's somebody out there that heard me this morning. Is there a, is there someone who would, for the uh, money that he, that uh, his or her company would make, build build the housing, uh, take the wages that will be your profit, and and will incorporate into a into a co-op and provide at least some housing because the government isn't going to do it. Is
0: there anyone out there who would take responsibility for, for providing tenants that would guarantee to pay the rent?
1: Oh. I, most of us uh, who uh, work with folks would know, uh, would know people.
0: Because that seems to me that's the place to start.
1: Habitat for Humanity was looking for people and, and were gracious enough to give me a call. And I immediately had a handful of people who were working, who couldn't afford um, a house. And not everybody's asking for a house, mm-hmm. just a, a shelter. Um, and uh, one of those families has been accepted. Well, could there you get... Many. To... Sure, I can get...
0: Now, well, but could you get could you get 100 100 people, 150 people together, ready to put their to sign their John Henrys on a cooperative agreement to build this building?
1: Probably, if I.
0: I uh, mean, if, if the society to be the tenants. No, no, to to be, to, the, to, to be the financial backers. That's it, what I don't know. If society is c- yeah. as compassionate as you tell us that it is, or as it should be, then it seems to me there should be no shortage yeah. of those people. Yeah.
1: and I haven't walked the street to try. Maybe yet. it's time. Yeah.
0: Maybe it's time. time. Maybe that's the solution. (laughs) Sandra, thank you for coming by today. Bob, good to see you again. It's always a pleasure. Um, uh, Left, right, and center comes your way every Wednesday from uh, 10.30 until 11.30 when we invite guests to come in and talk about issues of the day. We hope you've enjoyed it today, and we hope you will join us next weekend, or next week, rather, uh, when uh, left, right, and center comes your way again. Boy, I'm having trouble with Ask the Experts today. Maybe it's because Bud Polhill's waiting in the wings for Ask the Experts, which is coming up next on 1290 CJBK.